I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, I'm your host. I hope you're all doing well. This is my first one I'm recording in the new year and, and I've started honestly with a smile on my face i've just this second finished recording um, with today's guest which is comedian esther manito oh mate we have a laugh we have a proper crack and you're about to hear it before we do that a few thank yous so thank you to scroobius pip and all my friends at the distraction pieces network thank you to 76 for producing this podcast huge thanks and love to uh hotel chocolat who continue to be our sponsors in 2022 so big love to them and thanks for for being involved for another year um and yeah, if this is your first time listening, um, when you finish today's episode with Esther, then go check out the back catalogue. There's 340 episodes there. If you like your comedians, then you can hear me talking to James Acaster, Ed Gamble, Rich Wilson, Jade Adams, Marcus Birdman, Maisie Adam. Oh, gosh, loads. There's loads and loads and loads of uh, comedians, so go get stuck in. Um, if you like your musicians, um, then go check out some of my chats with the likes of Suede, which we talk about on today's podcast, Foo Fighters. Um, oh, God, there's bloody hundreds. Go and have a rummage. See what you can find. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast um, furthermore, then head over to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash off the beat and track um and then you can watch all the episodes you can get access to loads of radio shows um never before released episodes uh, i think there's there's a few hundred shows on there that have never come out to the the masses so uh so yeah and by doing that i think it costs you I don't know how much it is. It's very little. I think it's like as little as like a dollar a month. And yeah, and you get access to so much more content whilst supporting the podcast. So yeah, you can find out about that and everything else you need to know about this podcast, where you can listen to back catalogue, where you can get merch and anything else you need to know at Off The Beat And, not beaten, beatandtrackpodcast.com. Anyway, that's enough waffle. Let's get on with some grade A chat now. Please enjoy it. Off the Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Esther Manito. Sorry, I've interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the Cacao Bar. And there's gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, And what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do... It's just for you off the beaten track listeners. Go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast. Hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Esther, how are you doing today? 
Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Well, I kind of, it was great when you popped up on Zoom that you had your own little setup. So you, you mentioned that that was to kind of keep you busy, I imagine, through, through the first sort of year of lockdown. So just before we sort of get into the playlist, like, talk me through a little bit about how that, you know, the first sort of year to, I suppose, 14, 15 months um, was for a stand-up. How was that for you? Um, I actually really liked it Okay. in terms of work. I, I hated homeschooling. I hated all of that. That was shit. Um, but in terms of work, it was so nice to just do gig and then shut your laptop and you're in your house. I mean, that's brilliant. And you didn't have to do that thing of like traveling up and down the country or traveling somewhere where you die on your ass and then you got to watch everyone else smash it. And then you all got to get on the train home together and you're just like, nah. Whereas in this meant I could just do everything or not. And then it, it changes the way you deliver as well. So other people were going, oh, I really struggle with Zoom. And I was like, no, I did at the beginning, but then you sort of change. And then there was like material you could only really do on Zoom. Um, what, so, just yeah, in regards it, to sort of timing? Just like you could use the camera different. Like, so there was stuff that I started doing on Zoom, which completely relied on me being close to the camera, which obviously you couldn't do from a stage. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting, but I quite liked it. I quite liked it. Did you do um, any of them um, outdoor ones where people show their show their laughter by hitting hooters on their cars? No, I didn't. I did gigs in a car parks, but with people actually on deck chairs. But I didn't do the ones where people drive in and honk their horns instead of laughing. That's insane. But this is how insecure and, and fucked up comics are. <laughs> is that even though it sounds It'll take anything. We sound, it sounds so awful and people are telling horror stories um, like Tom Deacon. Do you know Tom Deacon? I don't know. He's, he's a great comic, but he did one and he was like, I thought I was getting a standard ovation and someone just had his like, they had the horn stuck. So he's just trying to take <laughs> it. Like, so it's just, so it's awful, but we're all like, why aren't I getting, why aren't I getting offered those? Oh, everyone else is getting offered them and I'm not getting offered them. And it, so it, it was it that just shows just how insecure we are where people are like, well, do you really want to stand in a yeah. car park? It's like, well, no, I don't, but I want to be wanted. Um, so no, I didn't do any of those, but I did perform in car parks. How was it kind of coming out of that and starting in the kind of breaks between the, 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 the lockdowns? How was that sort of going back and doing more, you know, traditional style shows? Um, it was it was good, but again, it, it took some adjustment and it meant that you were kind of almost, yeah, you were going back a little bit and you were having to rebuild a little bit. But I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, I found it absolutely terrifying again, all the kind of nerves that I had pre, um, sorry, the nerves that I'd kind of lost yeah. doing stand-up before that all kind of, they all came back. So I found myself being all nervous again and like, oh, but it's just been a roller coaster, but it has for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So I take it at the moment. I, I, I run a nightclub, so I'm kind of in the same boat. Like when, right? When your stuff stopped, my stuff stopped, and uh, and I'm just literally day to day just thinking, please keep my club open. But where's uh, your club? In, in a place called Rayleigh. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I take it everything's completely back to to normal now. Are you out regularly gigging again? Yeah, yeah, everything's pretty much... I mean, I think people are still nervous, aren't they? Definitely. About, I mean, I don't... I say nervous, but I think people, less so of the virus, but also if they catch the virus and if they've got plans and it kind of scuppers the plans, so they don't really want to go to crowded places. But I haven't... I had things cancelled in December leading up to Christmas, but yeah. so far it's just kind of returned to work as normal, really. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Have you kept anything from the kind of sort of lockdown setup of of doing what we're doing now? Have you kind of are you going to retain some of that and you know add that to what you do? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's stuff that's definitely worked its way in there. I mean, loads of stuff about you know kind of like couples getting sick of each other and stuff. I mean, I didn't really talk about that before, but you know, it was all we're all getting on each other's nerves. So then you can then kind of like take that and and just restructure it so it's not just about being locked in a house because of a pandemic but you know 
just life with a partner. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. No, I've I've definitely taken that, taken that into my my set now. Yeah. And was the podcast born out of lockdown? Yes. Yeah. So myself and Lily Phillips, we do a podcast called Ghastly Women, where we just um, slag off women that do horrible things. Huh. It's very. <laughs> I mean, well, let's talk about that. Uh, I mean, give us a little example of of the kind of what what you mean by women do horrible things. So, like, I don't know. It's just it's always like this kind of whenever we talk about crime, whatever, it's always got real kind of like male um, kind of dominance. And we're so used to hearing about your kind of like the male criminals and, and male personas who are quite kind of horrible um so we started a podcast where we just talk about women that would do really horrible things and it can be anything it could be somebody who's murdered or it could be someone who's like an internet troll um but it's just talking about the kind of more evil side of women rather than the more gentler side and it's just us it's just us banging on basically it's just us having a laugh but that started because we started in lockdown just doing like these online games and stuff and we got a little bit of a following with that. So then we, we turned it into a podcast that we do now. Excellent. Well, look, let's talk music. And okay. to start your playlist, uh, can you please tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro? Oh, ACDC, Thunderstruck. Nice. Nice. It's such a good intro. Is Is that something that, I'm always interested to know with comedians, like, do you ever pick, I mean, I know it's not necessarily the case on all gigs, some of the smaller gigs, maybe not, but on some of the bigger gigs, you get to choose your kind of walkout tune, is that right? Yeah, you, yeah. Do you go for Thunderstruck? No, I don't. I mean, why not? Also, it's massive. It is, but also sometimes you're not allowed, like because of royalties and stuff. Sometimes you're not allowed the the tracks that you that you want. So um, I think I've only chosen a couple of times, and most of the time I just say I don't mind. I'm not fussed. Um, but Thunderstruck that would be a very cool tune. Yeah. But also, it's not like funny, is it? No. It, I mean, if I was about to come out and do an amazing dance or something, probably. <laughs> yeah, that would be but incredible. it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not one of those, uh, I'm not somebody who's going to come out and say something really profound. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got like the kind of comics that are going to come out and say, this is really profound. I'm literally just going to come out and slag off my home life um, to lots of women who will sit there and nod along going, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Yeah, I get that. So maybe Thunderstruck might be a little bit too, like, it's a little bit like something's going to happen, something incredible. So it's you don't really want something bombastic, incre- yeah, isn't it? Yeah. For that you know, to that, sort And of then stop. I walk out and go, my kids do my head in, and everyone's like, mm, it's a bit of an anticlimax. <laughs> I was expecting something a bit bigger than that. Yeah, I was expecting you to say something really profound. My husband's a dickhead, and everyone's like, so is mine. <laughs> Where's the profanity? Um, so, yeah, no, maybe not. I, I do think also because in that film, what's it in? Oh, with Mark Wahlberg, stepdad. Yeah. And whenever he walks in anywhere, it's always like slow mo and mm. the intro from Thunderstuck, and it just makes him look really epic. So you've got to be quite cool. He and chose I'm not a cool that. Person. I guarantee he chose that. <laughs> Definitely. Like, I'll only do this film if I can walk slow mo to Thunderstruck. Hundred percent. That's that's on his headphones that he's fucking three AM walk at uh, workouts. I guarantee it. it. It's a good song to run to. It is. How did ACDC find its way into your world? Do you know? I think I went to see. Um, I went to see, uh, she's an American comic and I, I don't know her name and I, I don't think I've seen her again, but I saw her at the Edinburgh Festival and she got, I mean, I knew the track, um, but she kind of got the audience all to kind of clap along while she, um, while she just got us to like chant, um, is there Thunderstruck, mm. Thunder C-U-N-T? Mm. That was what her show was called. But, <laughs> and there was something about it. It was very, it was, I was like, God, this is such an epic intro. Yeah. It's such a good intro. Um, and the rest of the song, 
isn't as powerful as the intro like it's the intro that gets you 100%. and that was a few that was a few years ago but that's it has stuck with me and i'm like god that is a really good intro yeah it's, it's brilliant it's i wish i could walk out places to that i'd like to leave my bedroom every single morning just open the door and have that intro playing and everyone to be like wow but that's never going to happen if you do kind of find yourself walking out of town when you get there for a gig and stuff like that and uh i don't know if you you, you put a pair of headphones on when you have a little walk do you picture yourself in a music video? No. Really? No. I would never be cool enough to be in a music video. Oh, God, no, I'm not cool enough. Anywhere near cool pic- enough. I, in my I mind, might, I mean, I one. might picture myself as like being a runner, like making the tea for the people in the music video. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to imagine myself. It's like some hip hop music video, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just in the background, like polishing boobs or something. But no, I'm no, I'd never imagine myself to be in the music video. Oh, I'll try it. No, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I probably, you do get caught in fantasy a little bit, but my fantasy is always like, I know what you mean. I don't listen to music when I'm walking around that much. I listen to podcasts all the time now. See, that's dangerous, because if they're, like, comedy podcast, you can just look like a fucking maniac. It- no, no, I know what you mean. I um, I don't listen to comedy podcasts. I listen to a lot of crime podcasts. Right. But then that, I, I run a magazine called Pod Bible alongside this, so I, I run a, a, mm. a, a publication about podcasts, and I'm really kind of the amount of people that listen to non-stop true crime podcasts. Yeah. Most of them say, nowadays, wherever I walk anywhere, I'm literally sizing up people for, are they a serial killer? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't think people are serial killers, but I am now getting a little bit complacent. Like, oh, is it just, or is it just a shooting? Where's the torture? Where's the days of agonising, like, dismemberment? It's like, there's something wrong with me. You've become immune Um, to a casual murder. I have become immune. So I say all he did. I remember talking to someone. I remember talking. I was having this conversation with my dad, and I was like, "What is kneecapping?" And my dad was like, "It's when you shoot someone in the kneecaps." And I was like, "Is that it?" He's like, "What is wrong with that?" I'm sorry, it's not (laughs) hardcore enough for you. Um, So I do listen to podcasts, but when I'm walking around, if I was listening to music, I probably I do get kind of lost in in. I know what you mean, the kind of imagination, but I kind of just I probably just imagine different stuff. Like I don't know gigs go really well or that I'm doing my show and it all goes really well I just kind of get lost in the kind of like the hope hope that things are gonna you know work out all right rather than imagining I'm in a music video okay well that's 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 nice to know that you're looking forward to things like that but for the meantime now we're gonna look backwards uh and we're gonna get a, a little bit regressive and nostalgic so for track two could you please tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please? So it's um, it's an aria. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. From Tosca, from the opera Tosca. Okay. Um, and it's called Iluch van Estella, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't pronounce everything. I've got no education. Um, and I remember hearing this when I was a kid. I remember the three tenors were on TV. And Pavarotti sang it. And I was like, oh, my God, uh, that's incredible. And um, I, my mum, I remember I was a kid. My mum was explaining to me what it was about. And, it, and he's singing this song about how he doesn't want to die because he's so in love with this woman. And he can't bear the thought that if he dies, he'd never see her again. And then when I was in my 20s, my now husband, but he was my boyfriend at the time, uh, bought us tickets to go and see Tosca at the Royal Opera House. Wow. And I kid you not, I remember as a kid crying just, I didn't know what it was about, but just crying because I was like, oh my God, that music is just incredible. We went in our 20s and I cried all the way home. I just couldn't stop crying. And my husband was like, this is mental. And I was like, I know it's mental, but even when I think about it, it really makes me cry. It really does just, honestly, listen to it. It is the most emotional piece of music you have ever heard. I was like, I can't cope. Just can't cope. Can't even think about it. Can't even think about it. And the next day he's like listening on headphones to it going, I'm trying to understand why it makes you so upset, but I don't want to play it again in case you start crying again. But honestly, I can't listen to it without crying. That's so good though, isn't it? Our, our, our incredible music is that some someone will hear that and it just do nothing, yet some people will completely floor them. Like, what, if yeah. you had to describe the the emotion, what was it? Um, 
I think it's it's just there is something so pleading about the music that it really does just it just culminates this feeling of absolute desperation and being really powerless. Yeah. And it's such an emotion. It's so emotional. You can tell that he's just really plead like he, there's just pleading in his voice. Um, and I then I then kind of fell in love with opera. And I became this, you know, I would, there are times I've got a real like weird play mix, but I, I definitely fell in, I just fell in love with, with Pavarotti's voice after that. I was like, my God, that's just incredible. And to be able to sing that. And also when you see it live, and I didn't see Pavarotti sing it live, obviously, but when you hear that song live and just the, the kind of energy in the room, oh my God, I can't, I can't even cope. Honestly, I was just sobbing. I was like, a baby, my husband was like, can you just pull yourself together? And I was like, I can't, can't even think about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little bit like the reaction of most people after they leave my gigs. They're like, oh, my God, that was just, I can't, I can't, don't let me get back in there. That woman's life is too tragic. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, um, that's definitely, and I, but I remember it from a re- when I was very little. I remember just going, oh, my God, and just crying. And, and my sisters were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, it's just so emotional. Because I was going to ask how, like, you, you was exposed to sort of music like that at a young age. But I think I was doing my, my Saturday job around the time. And that Three Tenors album was huge. Um, it was such yeah. a massive record. Uh, it was Pavarotti. Placido Domingo and, and Jose Carreras. Yeah. And <clears throat> that was huge. And I, and I think maybe that, when was that? Early 90s, maybe? Yeah. Come off the back of yeah. maybe Pavarotti doing Ness and Dorma. And, yeah. Like, and all of a sudden. But that's the song that everyone thinks is like this. And it is. It is completely euphoric, that song. It, yeah. It's brilliant for that kind of adrenaline. And I can see why people, why they chose it as a mm. football anthem because it, it does that kind of euphoria, but this track, I don't. It, it it's such a weird one to describe because it is just. It's almost like heartbreaking. Yeah, like that's you can just really feel. I mean, Puccini is just this incredible composer, yeah. and I just think I, I don't know how a human being has that talent. Yeah. That's insane. That's absolutely insane that you can create that emotion through music it's just mental <laughs> really well reviewed and articulated <laughs> Bang on there's, there's there's a there's a video of these two lads um on youtube someone sent it to me and it was like their first time ever listening to ness and dorma and they're like two like proper lad lads they sat there with baseball caps and they just can't express they're just like no nah, it's really banging but that's like amazing and you're like yeah yeah, that's incredible. But it just doesn't matter who you are, you're going to get that reaction. But music should make you speechless and wide-eyed and open-mouthed. Do you know what I mean? That, that's that's yeah. what it's there for. It should stir emotions. And Can you imagine being able to sing like that, like oh, belt out like ridiculous. that? Ridiculous. That must be insane. Yeah. yeah. And like seeing people just like all giving you a stand. Oh, my God. I wouldn't be able to cope. If I could have one, <laughs> if I could have one wish, it would be to sing. To be able to sing, not not necessarily yeah. opera. I mean, that's different level. But yeah, I'd love to level. be able to just get up and I'd karaoke just... and just slay it and just go. Yeah. Drop the mic, or dance. walk off. Oh. I really wish I could dance yeah. or sing. I wish I had a talent. Yeah, same, same. That's what I've ended up podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, where was where was you sort of first hearing music and stuff like that? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Essex. Okay. Um, I grew up in um, Saffron Maldon, and uh, my I grew up in a household which was very mixed musically. Okay. So, um, my mum liked the Three Tenors. Mm-hmm. So I remember hearing it. I remember hearing my mum. She had a record of it, and she would play it. Um, so that yeah, that I I remember kind of yeah. It, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. She would play a lot of classical music um, in the house. And that's, yeah, that's probably where I first heard it. Siblings? Yeah, I've got two siblings. Older? Two sisters, both older. Um, Probably not my elder sister, um very talented musicians so she went and studied at Royal College of Music wow yeah um and my middle sister she i mean she she's a, she sings she's a jazz singer um but she wasn't as into the classical music so was you getting kind of passed down like or hearing sort of music coming out of their bedrooms and stuff like that what other stuff was you sort of getting exposed to when yeah, you were growing it was, up yeah it was it was huge. It was hugely mixed. It was so. It was so mixed. It's insane. And then you kind of create this playlist, and it's so random. Mother yeah. Half Voice says that it's like you've got the most random. It just leaps from like genre to genre. And you know when people are like have one, one taste in music. Yeah. I don't. I just if it sounds good. Um. So we yeah we had loads of music in the household. It was a really musical household actually, and so. You know, my parents being of that generation, we'd have a lot of, you know, Bob Dylan and the Beatles and the Who and all the all the rest of it. And then, you know, a lot of classical music um, and then a lot of jazz music as well, a lot of easy listening. So I, when I was growing up, I was really, really absolutely loved the Rat Pack. I still do. Yeah. Um, I'm contemplating getting a Rat Pack tattoo. Really? What are you thinking? Yeah. I want the three heads, Sammy Davis. Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, the three heads from the Sand Hotels. Nice. I kind of want that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I really like DC listening. So, like, Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and, yeah. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Let's stay in the formative years for track three and tell me the song okay. that reminds you of your time at school, please. Ocean Colour Scene, David Caught the Train. That's another one with a really good intro. Yeah. That's got a really good intro. Mm-hmm. That that reminds me of Summer Holidays. It's a very summery sounding song. That's pure. Yeah. That's the height of <coughs> that's the height of Britpop that come out mid 90s. Yeah. There was a good feeling in the air. Tony Blair made a load of promises at that point. Everyone got excited about yeah. it. <laughs> Everything was so promising then. And uh and that song just come out at the height of Cuz he's his um his little um propaganda video, his little what's it called? The campaign. Yeah. His um election campaign. He had um Dream, didn't he? Things can only get better. Yeah. Fuck me, you so got that, that wrong. His... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What yeah. So it was Dream, things can only get better. But I remember the blue tones, I remember that summer. Mm. Um Ocean Colour scene. And then I remember Blue Tones, going to see the Blue Tones, uh, Suede. I went to see Suede about a month yes. ago at Ali Pali. No. I'll tell Were you they what. Good? How fucking incredible. Like, so oh, good. Like, I saw him in 92 uh, when there was all this, like, furore about this new kind of band in town. And Brett was this super sort of androgynous, like, kind of Brett hybrid Bin- of Is Bowie it Brett and- Brett Anderson. Brett Anderson. Yeah. Oh, my God. His voice was the best I've ever heard it. And, it, yeah, he took the roof off. They played the album from the mid-'90s, the Coming Up <gasps> album, so, in its entirety. So, Oh, my God. Come on with Trash beautiful and ones. Beautiful Ones, oh my God. Film Star. Yeah, yeah it was. 
Oh, I Perfect. love them. Yeah. I think I saw them at the junction. In Cambridge. In Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I saw the blue tones at the at the corn exchange in yeah. in I remember seeing the blue tones and the prodigy as well there. Oh. At, um the corn exchange in Cambridge. How was that? That was incredible. But I was a kid then, I must have been about thirteen. Yeah. That was my first ever concert. The Prodigy was your first gig. Yeah. I mean, most yeah. people's first gigs are pretty shit. I mean, that's different. No, level. that was incredible. I was, yeah, I remember I was about 13 and my mate's dad took us and it was just insane. It was so good because the set as well, they had this like incredible set design. So the way that their, um, their videos are all really visceral and, and it, you're kind of like, they use a lot of like camera movement, almost like a kind of like, I don't know. It's it's very kind of underground, isn't it? But they 100%. created that. They created that on the set, so you were made to feel like you were kind of like moving through all their types of all their music videos yeah. and through the kind of foundation of each song. It was yeah, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And then who was it? Leroy, the big guy. Yeah, Leroy. Yeah, and he was yeah because he was the dancer. Mm. Um, so it was yeah, it was it was incredible. So when was that? Was so that good. like Fat of the Land or was that before that? Was that Duty Generation? It was Fat of the Land. So they played <sighs> some Duty Generation and then some tracks from Fat of the Land. Oh man. Like to, to this day, Prodigy V ninety seven, like their homecoming gig. You can't get like there there's just no one to compare to that. No, nah, it was off the scale. Although, so my dad's Lebanese and um, they went to play in Beirut and we were like, oh, my God, the Prodigy are amazing. We're going to have a great time. (laughs) And so they played, they started out with, um, I think it was Firestarter and that was, people just were like, nah. And they were going, oh, no, no. They were kind of freaking out and people were just getting up. And (laughs) then... They were like, people were just feeding back going, we've literally, like the bombing has only stopped here. We can't, we can't sit through more sound that just sounds like bombs going off. And they were just like, uh, okay. They're just really politely. They were like, we, we respect you. Okay. Goodbye. Wow. It's not like the prodigy you're going to do an acoustic set, is it? <laughs> no. And I was like, what do people think? But I think a lot of people were just like, oh, this is a brilliant band and blah, blah. And they were just like, no, no, we've had enough. No, we've had enough bombing. We're not like. We can't, we can't cope with that. I mean, I get I it. Like... It's about as hard hitting as it can get, the prodigy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. But I was just, yeah, it was one of those moments though where you just think, I'm going to recreate that concert experience, and then yeah. everyone was just getting up and leaving, and it all just deteriorated before before my eyes. I was like, no. But there we go. Tell me about school. Did you enjoy it? No. <laughs> what did you like about school? School was. School was horrible. Mm. Well, shit. Uh, Normal comprehensive in Essex? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Comprehensive school. Uh, What did I like about school? I was just shit. I just never never fitted in. It was just, I mean, that's why you end up doing stand-up, isn't it? Because you just got this endless lifelong. I mean, that's how I ended up. I mean, I developed humour at school. Yeah. To just completely, it was complete, like, armour. Because, you know, I was the funny foreign kid that just didn't really fit in. And I was at school during the time of the Gulf War. So everyone was like, you're a fucking terrorist. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) It was shit. And that was just the teachers. It was just shit. It was just shit. So, um, yeah, I just didn't really fit in and I didn't really kind of excel at any particular subject. So it was just crap. Did you have any idea what you wanted to do? No, none at all. I didn't really think I could do anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, what are you going to do? And you kind of think in these really linear forms, don't you? You're like, oh, yeah. okay, my lawyer, doctor. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm completely dyslexic. So I can't spell for shit. Yeah. Um, and my parents didn't believe in dyslexia. That's handy. Yeah, so it's really handy when you, you're like, I really can't spell, I think I've got dyslexia, and they're like, don't exist. And you're like, this puts us in a slightly <laughs> awkward situation. Oh, fucking hell. Because <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get any better at this. 
Uh, so I was just crap at school. Fucking hell, you've um, literally got years worth of material and you're only 14 <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Fucking hell. I know. <laughs> In between going back and forth between a country at war and then being told I'm not allowed to be dyslexic. So, yeah, so it, I think my parents were just like, let's just get married. Just get married and have children. That's the best we can hope from you. Um, and I was like, oh, all right then. Um, and I went, yeah, I, I, school I didn't massively enjoy. I went to Sixth Form College and I really enjoyed that. Why did you enjoy and I, that? Did you find your tribe when you went to college? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a tribe at school, but like school's really insular as well. And it's so easy. Like, you know, those people that kind of stay in the school environment, like you'll go back to your hometown and you've got the people that still hang out in the groups that they did at school. And, and you just go, wow, you've never grown out of that. Yeah. Whereas in it's so nice to just go somewhere and you're like, it's all level playing field. You haven't got this weird little mm-hmm. hierarchy. hierarchy. Mm. Um, so I liked college. I did like college. I was crap at, I mean, I was crap at everything I did, but I, um, yeah, I enjoyed college. Did anyone right. tell you at that point that dyslexia was real when you got to college? <laughs> <laughs> they, they were pretty adamant. They were like, look, you, you know, you're doing A-level English and you can't spell. And I was like, tell my parents that. <laughs> uh, but by that point... By that point, at 16, you can make your own decision. So I went and got myself tested and um, and I just put myself forward for, um, oh, I can't even think of the word, like having the test done and all the rest of it and getting yeah. diagnosed, sorry. So I got myself diagnosed and then that was it. I could just sort it out myself. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. First song you remember buying from a record shop, please. Annie Lennox, No More I Love You. It's all right, that, isn't it? It is all right. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say oh, that's that's a song I absolutely mm. love. It was I like Annie Lennox though, though. It was huge. Yeah. Didn't it? If I remember the music video, didn't it have loads of men in ballet dresses? Mm. Or was it women? It was men. Was it men? In, but yeah. 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 Well, she was very cool, wasn't she, Annie Lennox? So I liked I liked her because of her. Yeah. Um, and I remember that song. Yeah, I remember at the time. I think it's one of those songs where it's like because everyone likes it, you learn to like it, rather than I wouldn't choose to listen to it now. I, I totally agree. I reckon if I would have heard that twice, I would have just thought, ah, so I never would have listened yeah. to it again. But because it just got rammed down your throat on every possible music station and stuff like that. What was what was the track that was like number one for about twenty years? Oh, from Robin Hood. Do you remember that? Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do for you. Everything I do. No, there was another one. Oh, I feel it in my fingers. Oh, wet, wet, wet. Uh, yeah, lovely. So that was um, not in ill. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't that like number one for about seven years? Yeah, fucking forever and a day. And that, I mean, if you think about it, that song is so. It's just. It, there's nothing to it, really. Yeah. It's like it's like someone's like it's no, but it is. It's like someone's been made to write a tune for GCSE music. And what are like, we talking about? No more. I love yous. Yeah, no. The wait, love wait, is wait. all around. Yeah, that's yeah. an old song. That's a cover. That's by the, oh, that's it? by um, the Trogs that done Wild Thing. Like it's an old sixties oh, song. Trogs. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, well. It was. It was one I, of them. But I don't matter. It's shit. Like, I totally agree. I know, but I like Wild Thing. Yeah, that's a tune. Yeah, that's a good song. I hated Marty Pello from Wet, Wet, Wet. I don't really know much about, I mean, did he do any, like, is is he around now? What's he doing? He's still like, I I think one of the people from Liberty X is now the front man in Wet, Wet, Wet. Shut uh, up. Yeah. I think um, Kevin, oh, what's his name? Like the sort of one that looked a bit like Anna Canton in Liberty X, he's the one that now fronts. The one that looked like, yeah, <laughs> he was just there to do the numbers. He yeah, wasn't, he wasn't he bringing the, the sex in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one was, Liber- was Liberty X? It was like, just, just a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah. Uh, just a little they were like X Factor runner ups, I think. Yeah, and they had Michelle, is it Keaton in? Yeah. No. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keegan, Keaton. She's mates with Katie Price. That one, yeah. Yeah, that was. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, all right. We've gone off on one, haven't we? Marty Pello. Yeah. yeah. He was just too clean cut and he was just, he had long swishy hair. He was obviously like proper housewife's favourite. The mums loved a bit of Marty yeah. Pello. I can imagine, yeah. yeah. It, it was like, um, who's it that sings Lady in Red? Christa Berg. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so where, do you know Saffron Walden? Uh, yeah, sort of, yeah, not yeah. massively so well. You've got, 
so if you go to Saffron Morton, you've got this like big manor house called right. Audley Manor House, right? And um, we used to have to run around it for school for PE. That's not an interesting story, but it does just bring back memories of me literally just <laughs> unable to breathe <laughs> around the back of people, like sloping off to go and have a fag because we'd have to do cross country around it. Mm. But they have this like big out door space and they hire it out for concerts and i remember krista bird going and just the all you can hear is like housewives because it would just be all the women they're all got their like little bottles of bottles of white wine going down there having a picnic and hissing a lady in red and they're all like ah! oh, um God. and that is my my whole thing of krista Berg is i just have an image of him like on stage and just loads of middle-aged housewives a little bit like in only fools and horses you know and that guy who can't pronounce his r's <laughs> Yeah, please release me. <laughs> the queen green glass of home. And he's just got a sausage stuck down his hand. It's so good. That seems genius. He's slowly taking his whole persona apart. The wig comes off, the fake tan comes off. he's got that off. tan line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He takes his shirt off and he's just got a triangle of fake tan. Oh, what is it? Tony... Oh, what is his character called? Tony... Tony Le something. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I remember like like Christopher for me, it just smacks of like being at like family weddings and like and the, oh, this, the, the yeah. DJ would go in for the erection section, like the three slurries yeah. at the end of the night, and like yeah. and when that come on, my mum would be like, "Come on, Steve," and the old man would begrudgingly have to get up <laughs> and have like a sort of slow dance, like their song, you know. It's like, oh, God, Christopher. Oh, that's nice. They have a song. My parents would never dance together in a million fucking years. Really? No. Oh, my God, no way. Not even if no Christopher way. was... Uh... No! <laughs> no! No, they divorced now, thank God, but it only took them, only took them 35 years. But, yeah, they got there in the end. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, let's fast forward. You're at college, life's better. Um, the song that soundtrack. I've made my life sound so blank. Yes, <laughs> I'm this completely illiterate kid that's hated, just suffered loads of racism. <laughs> no, life was all right. It was good. It was good. It wasn't as shit as I made out. Tell me about the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Oh, Faithless Insomnia. What a tune. Big tune. And I'm like that. I am so privileged that that is my clubbing era. Mm. It was. I remember going to Newmarket because basically I went to college in Cambridge so and a lot of my friends would would all come from that area so it's all like where Essex and Suffolk meet yeah and we go out in Newmarket to the White House and you get Pete Tong DJing on a Saturday night and uh when Faithless came on fucking epic yeah strip club now is it yeah well, I think the guy got arrested, so they tried to turn it into a comedy club, and I had to go back there and do a gig there. And honestly, I wanted to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is hell on earth." They tried to keep it so it was like comedy downstairs. Did you start your routine club. with that that line? I just walked out and was like, "I'd rather cheese grate my tits than be here." I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but I walked out on stage and just upstairs. They tried to keep it as a nightclub, so it was just like vibrating upstairs, and you're just vibrating along the stage, and oh these people are trying to listen to God. you. Yeah. And a lot of, lot of stacks. So, yeah. But it used to be a strip club. But before that, it was a nightclub. And uh, Pete Tong used to DJ there on a Saturday night. I mean, the payoff with Insomnia, when it oh. drops, it still delivers now. Yeah. It's fucking epic. <laughs> it is epic. That probably releases the same kind of endorphins that, to, like the the soundtrack from Tosca would produce. It's just that uh, it's brilliant. And when you're in the club environment, oh my god! And everyone's waiting for it to drop. I don't think there's any other tune like that. I, I think clubbing it's, tune. It, it, what's weird about that being like arguably one of the greatest club anthems ever is the fact it starts slow. Like it, yeah, and I mean, everyone just waits. Yeah, but like, the the, origi- the actual original, the full track. Isn't it about 20 minutes or something? It's insane. It Until just goes you on because the... he does tearing off tights with my teeth. Yeah. He does that whole rap. Yeah. And it's slow. Oh, God, I remember getting that album for like my 15th birthday or something. But when oh, you get God. that. Yeah, it was epic. get no sleep when it goes. It is... Oh, it's absolutely yeah. banging. 
It is such a good tune. Such so you enjoy tune. clubbing? No. Fucking hell. I'm one of those. I'm always the one holding the coats. It was shit. Everyone else would be like, you know, getting felt up on the dance floor, and I was just stood at the side waiting to go home. I was, I was terrible. I'm a pub goer, and I always was. I hate it, you know. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You go to the pub, you're all having a nice time, you sat around. This is like when I was student and then everyone's like all right we're gonna go on to the club and you're like oh and it'd be queuing yeah in the cold ministry of sound and all of that oh god i hated it i'm with you mate absolutely hated it i hate a club i like a house party yeah so get some tunes on get drinking or you know get you can still go and have a natter in the kitchen you can't do that in a club i've been a club promoter for 30 years i ate it i ate clubs they're rubbish <laughs> I know, they're always cold. They're always. I just. My club's the coldest club in the world in the winter and the hottest fucking sweatbox in the summer. Like, do you know what? Did you ever go to Bagley's in King's Cross? I did. I, I got to DJ at Bagley's. That was one of did the you? things I was so excited about. Yeah, I got to play like. It was, do you know what? I've got a really weird story about Bagley's, which I've never sort of said on here before. That was the first club. I was downstairs in like this little room playing sort of soul and sort of i think at the time it was like acid jazz was happening it was like kind of early 90s the worst oh. type who on this planet is like acid jazz that's a good move yeah like what do you get from that nothing i shouldn't be horrible people like it they did and it's a I, bit like northern soul i never understood northern soul oh, so i like that but acid yeah. jazz, yeah, yeah. I like, it's just like Motown, isn't it? It's like... It is, yeah. I do like a bit of... Uh, yeah. It's because I used to work Northern Soul Nights. I used to work at the um, the Rocket on the Holloway Road. Oh, did you? Yeah, and I used to have to work the Northern Soul Nights. And no one drank. They're all yeah, just... They've got the talcum powder on the floor. Can't They're all whizzing around. That. Yeah, and no one drank. And it was the same with the, um, with the reggae nights because they're all just smoking weed. No one's really drinking. Yeah. So you've just got to work these like seven-hour shifts that go yeah. on. And um, and no one's drinking, so you're just stood behind the bar just watching lots of people from up north who've all come down on a coach. We've got two to... tracks to go, so I'm hoping we'll find <laughs> something that you've enjoyed <laughs> duration of your life. <laughs> Acid jazz in the fucking bin, Northern Soul, fuck that off, reggae can do one. <laughs> I like reggae. I like, no, at least reggae. Oh, God, what's his name? He had the biggest speakers in London. He used to come and do a reggae night. Don Letts. And these speakers, I can't remember his name. And he had these huge speakers, and they just like the trucks. Oh, weren't Josh Shaka, was it? Yes, <laughs> yes, Josh Shaka. Yeah, sound and literally system. you spent yeah you just spent seven hours with this like just yeah. going through you, and you'd go home like oh god, I think I'm having a heart attack, <laughs> just inhaling <laughs> a thousand people's worth of weeds. So you're just like I'm absolutely off my tits. I'm vibrating. <laughs> It was exactly that. Anyone that thinks that's some kind of exaggerated sort of kind of ideal of what that was, that's exactly 
what how uh, big are those speakers the ridiculous speakers are like the, it's like the side of a house yeah you just it's walked insane. in and the, the bass would just be like straight through your chest and like and everything else was just a cloud of weed it's true <laughs> and they'd just come up every now and then and go can I have a glass of water and i'd just be there like red eyed <laughs> going i don't know if i'm hallucinating i don't know if this is real <laughs> So at least with the northern, yeah, with the northern soul, it was a little bit more tame. But at least with the, uh, yeah, with the reggae nights, it was yeah. a bit more entertaining. You'd just be laughing. <laughs> I went in the main room at Bagley's and I would have been about 18, I think. And my mate was like promoting this little room and he was like, oh, do you want to come and play some soul stuff? And I was like, yeah, definitely. So I was super excited. I think it's the first time I'd ever DJed in London. Uh, and so I was super excited. And then... Before myself, I thought, oh, I'm going to go in the big room and see what's going on. That was my introduction to people that had taken drugs. Like, oh, yeah, if you don't take drugs, which I don't. Yeah, I don't. No, no judgment, but all my mates did. So they'd all be on drugs in Bagley's, and I'd just be stood there going, holding the you don't see what I see. I'm just holding the coats. <laughs> I'd just be sat there holding the coats. And it's like, there's no point drinking there either. Yeah. It's like 10 quid for a vodka and coke. So you're literally just like, you don't see what I see. Because yep. the rea- you think this is amazing mm. and you're, you know, you're having the best time and you're euphoric and you're all like hugging and kissing. But what I see is just crackheads in a shed. <laughs> and it's a <laughs> very that's different... That's a great night, <laughs> name for a club night. <laughs> it's like, in Bagley's, why, is, why are all the men topless? All the men are walking around, they've got their shirt tucked in the side of the thing and just like jogging bottoms and they're all just like sweating and manic. And, I just you know, remember my mum and dad saying like, look, careful. Like, we're really worried about you going up to London, like, DJing. Like, it's going to... And I walked in this room, and I come out, and I remember saying to my mate, JB, I went, I've just been hugged by, like, loads of people. Everyone's, like, really lovely in there. And he was like, they're off their fucking heads. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, they're, I just thought, it's a nice, really... nice atmosphere in here. Everyone they seems turned, lovely. They turned it into a roller disco for a little while before they shut it down. See, I could never roller skate. Like, I missed it by about two years when everyone was getting the... the the rogues and the bower skates with the hockey socks and and whizzing you, around like car parks playing. You could like. go roller disco down um, Bury St Edmunds. Yeah, could never do yeah. it. Could yeah. never roller skate. Can't ice skate. I mean, I have had some joy in my life. I'm one up on you at the moment, I mean, but we're, we've still man, got a couple of tracks to go. All right then, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so far, so far, I'm very unhappy in Bagley's. <laughs> Are you a dancer? Do you like to dance when you go out? Yeah, but I like, if I'm going to go out dancing, it's got to be cheese. Like my idea of heaven is like a wedding playlist. Yeah, I'm with you. That's what I like. Go I on. love cheese. Give me five, so I'm not very... five wedding dance floor fillers that, you, that you're going to have it to. No, because you're going to judge me. No, I'm not. Peter Andre, Mysterious Girl. Solid. Fucking banger. Yeah. That's a banger. Um, what's another good one for a wedding? Oh, God. What are the ones that get you going? Um, oh, all those old cheesy ones. Oh, Shaggy. What one? It Mr. wasn't Bombastic. me. Oh, Mr. Bombastic. No. Carolina. Mm. Oh, Carolina. That's yeah. a good one. That's another good one. <laughs> <laughs> I promise Just... I'm not judging you. <laughs> it's all the old cheese. That's yeah. what gets you on the dance floor. Oh, I'm there with Justin it. Timberlake. Yeah. Britney Spears. Yeah. They're tunes. All of them. They are tunes. But see, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I, I can't do like anything. Like, you couldn't put me in a room and it's like, oh, we're just going to play acid jazz. <laughs> I don't think that happens in anymore. Bagley's. We're going to put you in a room in Bagley's and you're, you're going to listen to acid jazz and there'll be no heating and everyone will be on drugs and all the men will be topless and all of them um, are going to want to have a really intense conversation with you about colours. <laughs> I took like it that. up then. I got you on a positive and you're we going straight back down again. Welcome to my world, Stu. This is my stand-up. People are just like, what a miserable cow. Okay, right, let's take I've you on. a lifetime of bitterness to get <laughs> Right, yes. A favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Right, so you said county. I did. And I read this as country. Well, you're one of um, of the 347 episodes. You're the 330th person that's said country as well. So don't worry. Right. So county, I don't know any real like Essex. But you said apology. Yeah, they're Essex based. Yeah. So I would say I would say so if it's Essex, Prodigy, hands down, okay. amazing. Pick, give me a song. Um, give me a song. 
What prodigy? Yeah, what one are you going for? Um, out of space. Solid choice. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best one. That oh, that's such a that good song. That and poison. I like poison. I like I like poison. Their law. Oh, that's a good one. I went on a little march when they. Uh, I, I'm not that political, but uh, I've been in lockdown. I was getting bored, uh, and there was the government was trying to ban people from protesting. Uh, oh right, yeah. And so there was a march in Hyde Park, and I was like, I'm going to go and get involved, and uh, yeah. and I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> so my parents, I was going up there, and they said. You're going to get involved? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to like throw a fire involved. extinguisher through a Greg's window. And she was like, what? I was like, no, not really. I just want to go and have a little look about and, uh, and have a walk around London. But I kind of walked with the sound system. And as it was en route to Parliament, uh, to Downing Street, sorry, it went past Buckingham Palace. And when it got there, someone fucking dropped their law. And the Brilliant. place went off. And like... And it Brilliant. was like, because I hadn't been, my club hadn't been home for ages and I hadn't been out, you know, I'm not a, an anti-vax or anything like that. I'm, I'm complete opposite of that. But it was that kind of breaking lockdown where people were starting to go back out and it was like, I can go and have a walk around London. Oh, it was euphoric. Yeah. It no, was I mean, amazing. humans need humans. Humans mm. need humans. I remember first gig after lockdown, I was opening for Russell Kane in a like members club, but they were all really young and it, I came off and Russell went on. And then when he came off, he was like, he goes, it just felt, it just felt like these are young people. And after this, they're going to go and have a drink and they'll probably go to the club bit downstairs. And they were all just so, and you're like, yeah, I know. Just make you like humans need humans. We need that contact. I know what you mean. I remember going on the um, Iraq war, the demonstration against the Iraq war. The one, the big one. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, Kylie Minogue was on it. God, the amount of celebrities we spotted. I think that's still the biggest march, isn't it, in the history of UK? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did 20 marches across 20 countries. Um, And, yeah, and when they play music, there are certain tunes and stuff that they'll play. But I remember that we walked past the um, theatre where Les Miserables on and all the actors were hanging out the windows, like, cheering people on and stuff and that yeah especially when they're playing music on that type of thing yeah. it does it, yeah it creates really real, powerful yeah it is it's very very emotive yeah. which um leads me on to that next song okay uh so this so then the song from which i took as my home country mm-hmm. and I mean, it's not i mean england's my home country but um lebanon's my home from home so it's an artist called nancy agram and it's a song called Ahwinus and it's just a really fun pop song. I mean, that is, you know, the, the floor filler. If you're going to play at a wedding or mm-hmm. you're going to play at a party, that's the one that's going to get everyone up belly dancing. It's going to get us doing it. It's a banger. She's, so, she's huge, isn't she? I looked into her uh, like when I was doing a bit of prep is, for this. She's a super legit, super big pop star in Lebanon, isn't she? She is. She is. Yes. Yes. Is that the kind of equivalent of uh, of like a, a kind of a Whitney Houston getting you on a wedding dance floor in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, she just she she just shot up. She was um, she started probably. I mean, I guess the equivalent she would be is maybe like a Britney Spears, like in the nineties type yeah. thing. She started when she was young, and then she just yeah, she's just blown up. She's huge now. Do you go back to Lebanon much? Not recently because yeah. of all the issues. Mm. But yeah, when I was a kid, we just went back and forth from England to Lebanon. Yeah. Do you think you'll yeah. go back there, or are you happy in the UK? I hope. Oh, no, I won't go and live there. Oh, I couldn't. Mm. It's so fucked up at the moment. Um, sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. I, I probably have been. Um, it, yeah, it's really messed up at the moment. So, I, But I do want to go back. Um, I really, really want to take my kids back again. My daughter's been, but my son hasn't, and I yeah. really want to take him. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Last track. You get to play Tastemaker Superstar DJ now. Um and you get to tell the listeners uh, about a song that you think they may not know that you would like them to hear. So, do you know this song? Of course. It's brilliant. It's fucking it's, mad. It's it's such a good song, though. So, it, I'm, I've, I've friend played this to me when I was drunk and I was just like this is a banging tune firstly gypsy music is always like any kind of folk music always goes a bit mental yeah but gypsy music really has that kind of I don't know what it is 
It's quite zany, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's quite just like primal, it's really... though. It's like it's got a, yeah. something quite strange to it that, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty fucking so I insane, thought this, I thought the singer, I'm getting his name up. Sorry, that's why I keep looking over here because I've got my list here and I'm looking at his name. Gorgul Bordello. So I thought that was the guy's name, but it's not. That's the band's name. I thought he was Gorgul Bordello. I did not no, know that so was Gorgul, the band. No, so I looked, yes, yeah, so I looked into <clears> it and it, apparently it's a band that's all, they're all American, mm-hmm. but they've all got gypsy, their, their music's based on mm. Romani gypsy music and they've got gypsy heritage. Start wearing purple. Mm. That was such a, good tune. such a tune. Madonna was a huge champion of them. When they oh, really? just started coming through, she was seen out with him all the time. And she was just, I think she might even have took them on tour with her. Oh, she really? was just massive, yeah, advocate of, of Gogol Badello. Yeah. Are they still going? I don't know if they're still going, but like... No, they are. Amazing. Like, I remember seeing like, um, like footage of them at Glastonbury one year and the live show looked fucking incredible. Like, obviously, yeah. utter chaos. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, but it's brilliant. Like the, I love the um, the accordion, the violin. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's so brilliant. It's really like, yeah, it's almost like a kind of tra- track that would be really good for like, I don't know. It's very stompy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like it would, uh, yeah. it's like a gypsy version of uh, "Come On Eileen." <laughs> That's exactly yes, what it that is. sums it up brilliantly. <laughs> uh, I would walk five hundred miles. It's just that thing of like yeah, everyone knows definitely. the words. Yes, call of arms. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no, that's a good track. Stop. But I'd never heard of it before. I'd never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, so mega friends, tune. Yeah. Start wearing purple. It is a good tune. Right. Okay. Um, what's coming up now for uh, for Esther? It's coming up now for Esther? I don't know. Uh, you can you can come and see my show if you want. Come see my show. I'll be doing that. Where's that? Uh, places. <laughs> so... I'll be gigging, right? So I'm literally at the moment trying to put all my gigs onto my website because I'm crap at doing that. But I do have my gigs on my website. Um, I've got a show. I'm going to do it in Birmingham because I did a run. I've done a run in London. So I'm doing it in Birmingham in April at the Glee Club. And then I'm going to take it up to Edinburgh for a month. Hashtag not all men. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and then, you know, you can check out i don't know my social media i'm really crap at self-promoting yeah what should i say uh maybe <laughs> i don't know uh, i'll tell you what my agent's like this my agent's like do you think you could maybe go to any meeting i send you to and you don't just go in there and go oh i'm just shit I'm just crap can't do anything just really crap she's like it's really hard to sell you actually <laughs> <laughs> right have you got a website I do. You can see my website, estimanito.com. You can go on my Instagram and my Twitter and my Facebook. But if you want to send me hate, don't bother. <laughs> Get in the back of the queue. <laughs> oh, we so nearly ended on a positive there. Uh, it will never happen. <laughs> it will never <laughs> It's not in me. It's Esther. not in me. But if you want to listen to an angry woman, have a rant, and you feel like you are too fed up with your world around you and you want to feel some affiliation uh, to an angry woman ranting, then come along. Wonderful. Sometimes I do get men that are dragged to my show by their missus and you can tell they don't want to be there. And by the end of it, they're like, I did enjoy it. So it's not always, it's not always as terrifying as it seems. Wonderful. Well, if, if it's all right with you, um, I'll tag you in um, this when we put it out on the social so people uh, that might not be following you can go and follow you and find out where they can come and watch you. Perfect. Yeah? Wonderful. Yes. Esther don't bother. Been... I won't bother coming. Don't bother. <laughs> don't bother. I mean, I probably won't it's all tag shit. Like, it's all yeah. shit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> don't go to his club either. It sounds freezing. <laughs> oh, it's freezing. In the summer, don't. Honestly, mate, sweat out. Stinks. Um... <laughs> It's been so Thank much you fun. so much for having me. Where can people check out your podcast as well? Oh, that's on um, on iTunes, Ghastly Women. Okay. Ghastly Women. Just Wonderful. slagging off women. Just moaning. Just moaning, nagging women. God, aren't we a nightmare? <laughs> Honestly, who wanted equality? Just want to stay at home, be a housewife, go and work. <laughs> I don't agree with any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Esther. All right. (laughs) There you go. 
Oh, that was great. What a way to start recording in 2022. Uh, Esther was just literally... I don't think I've laughed that much uh, during uh, a podcast recording. Um, wonderful. Go go check out her stand-up. Um, you know, I've tagged her in the stuff on the socials, so if you need to find out more, then just go over. If you don't follow her already, um, then head over to my socials, and there'll be uh, she'll be tagged in everything to do with this episode, so uh, that'll give you a quick uh, direct route through to where you can find out all about where you can see Esther live. Thanks ever so much for listening. As mentioned at the beginning, um, go check out the back catalogue. Subscribe. That would really help. Um, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, and, yeah, if you want to support over on Patreon, that would be amazing too. I understand it's still the early part of the year and, you know, all your, your credit card bills are coming in from Christmas and all that. So no pressure. There's loads of stuff you can enjoy for free on this podcast and you can find out about all of that at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Stay gold. See you soon. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Eat it,